like this film and I was surprised actually how well it has aged there's so many nice elements to it though and the romance and stuff I think is is, is nicely done and Whoopi Goldberg really does steal the show and she's, she's, a, she's a powerhouse in that movie turns out she had a one year old baby at the time so the fact that she looks like she's had zero sleep and is on the brink of crying all the time makes complete sense their on screen chemistry is really good and they neither of them kind of overact they're sort of understated but quite real performances I think behaviour like this was not allowed in the pottery class that I went on <laughs> hey everyone and welcome to this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast today we're joined by Jim hello and Giles hello and Helen hello and we're going to be talking about that film that popularised the Righteous Brothers Ghost Thank you, as always, to the mighty people for the mighty, mighty tunes. And thanks to Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. Please do remember to write a review and rate us on Apple Podcasts anywhere you can do where you listen to the podcast because it really does help us. And you can join in the conversation with us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod and on Instagram at FlixWatcher. Hello and welcome to this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast. Joining us remotely today, we have Jim and Giles. If you would like to say hello and tell our listeners a little bit more about who you are and what you do, please. Go on, Jim, you go first. Thanks, man. This is why we work so well together. Um, <laughs> I'm Jim Daly. I'm a stand-up comedian and podcaster uh, and writer and wh- whatever pays money, I will do. Um, and Giles and I do a podcast together called The Blank Podcast, which I'll let him explain. Uh, well, well, my name is Giles Paley Phillips. Yeah, I'm a writer by trade. Um, and then, yeah, become a podcast in the last few years, obviously working with Jim on The Blank Podcast, a podcast which I guess is about blank moments in life you know those difficult moments and we talk to well-known guests about those difficult moments creatively or just in life in general and uh yeah the podcast has kind of evolved over the last few years and we talk about all sorts of different things including like imposter syndrome public failure Mm -hmm. um social anxiety all these different things the kind of human we're sort of researching the human condition for it a little bit i guess and I think it's good to connect with those, as you say, well-known people because mm. it helps. It helps to kind of resonate with other people who feel, oh shit, if they've got imposter syndrome, then it's it's it kind of normalizes it in a way. I think. Oh, massively, yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, that's that's the one of the. I think Jim and I when we started the podcast, I think Jim was having struggles getting back on stage to you had sort of stage fright. I think didn't you for the for the stand-up stuff, and I was going yeah. through sort of writer's yeah. block, um, my end and. Uh, we wanted to talk to other creatives really that kind of was the sort of start of it and then it's kind of I get like i say it's, it's kind of evolved into different things so it very much started as a kind of creative podcast like looking at creativity and and has changed into as it's sort of morphed into this uh, you know like i say the human condition and and being able to talk to well-known people and people that we admire massively and and finding out that actually we're all so similar in our outlooks and uh, we all have the same neurosis and anxieties about things. And that's, that's so nice and comforting for us, isn't it? And yeah. I, I remember, I think we, when we met, because we met briefly at uh, London podcast fest, uh, no, sorry, the British podcast awards a couple mm. of years ago. Um, and I'd been listening to your podcast and one of, one of the guests at the time that really struck me was Ben Bailey Smith, AKA Doc Brown. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm a big fan of his and I've seen him, I've seen him perform stand up 
before coming on with Ricky Gervais. So mm. we were in front of like 10,000 stage arena and I'd heard about him more recently from being on Wittertainment, being on the Kermit O'Mayo podcast. And I, I always kind of thought, well, what's he... I'm not seeing any of his stand-up recently and it was good to sit here in that in that show, that, that episode with yourselves that he was just saying, you know what, I just didn't I didn't fancy the life of stand-up, even yeah. though he was doing well and people were, he was getting booked and like Michael McIntyre was like, holy shit, you're doing like, you're going gangbusters. But he was, just for him, it just wasn't what he wanted to do. And that's good to know for other people. You don't feel, you know, some people see on the on, on the path of success it doesn't necessarily mean that's the path for you. And for him, he, he, was, he was very candid about saying, no, I don't want to do that. Um, yeah so it's a great show it's a great podcast for that for that those kind of reasons thanks very much yeah and without obviously trying to dominate this podcast too much talk about ours instead um <laughs> it's been um giles and i've learned a lot i think you know he has said we had our own struggles i was struggling to do stand-up and we've learned a lot from our guests and in the last two years i've probably done five stand-up gigs so guys i'm progressing you know we, we're getting there <laughs> we're getting there slowly but surely <laughs> well as, as you did say we are here to talk about films rather than podcasts but it's always good to plug where you guys come from where you guys come from well, thank you um, that's very kind of you no, that's that's part you know that's part of the love here. Um, we're here to talk about Ghost, which is your choice, Jim. So, can you tell us first of all why you chose it and give us a synopsis in less than a minute? Wow. Okay. Now I feel like I've got uh, pressure on me, and I really hope no one's timing it. Um, Wait, why did I seconds there? Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. Okay. Why did I? So, okay, I'll do. I'll do why did I pick? You've got, you've got. You can explain it. You can tell you why you picked in a bit more time, but the synopsis has to be less than a minute. That gives okay. a bit more. Relieves a bit more pressure. Okay. All right. Let me let me do the synopsis first because I have written a synopsis down here, but I didn't realize I had a minute because all I've written is, ghost helps girlfriend revenge his death. Which now that I read that back, that sounds way more sinister than I think actually the movie mm. is supposed to be. But essentially, that's kind of what it is. So there's this guy. He's a banker i think he's a banker he's like he, yeah. wear, he wears he wears suits and does important stuff and it's the 80s so it was like the 80s yeah, yeah. Power suit, wasn't it power suits yeah. and they have not aged well those suits <laughs> at all they they look no. poor he, all that haircut haircut i'm not too i'm not too uh against but i think the suits the suits look awful um he gets murdered well he gets he dies it turns out he gets murdered, but he dies. Um, <laughs> then he becomes a ghost, which obviously is clues in the title. And um, he works out that he's been murdered uh, and then returns to save his girlfriend. I think his girlfriend or fiance. They're not married. I don't no, think they're girlfriend. not. No. It's never not really for- explicitly. She is, said, actually. She kind of said, let's get married. And he's like, uh. just before he gets, in fact, just before he bites the bullet, Very she says, true, well, I think we should get married. That's very true. And then he doesn't, mm, yeah, he doesn't say anything. And he says, oh, ditto. Yeah, which is, turns out not an acceptable way to accept a marriage proposal. Um, and so anyway, and then he comes back to try and save his girlfriend. I think during the course of that, he actually puts his girlfriend in more danger than she probably was by his own vengeful spirit to get back at his former work colleague personally. Um, and then um, a spiritual healer i'm not quite sure what we'd call what we call psychic, psychic medium turns medium, up yeah. i mean steals the show let's be totally honest um and <laughs> helps him save his girlfriend and and in cold blood kill two people and that's essentially it and so why did you choose that that cold-blooded film because <laughs> I, I love movies about uh, the paranormal where they kill people in cold blood um that's also got a bit of a romantic and comedy element to it um, what, what other films are in that genre? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm struggling um, to think of any others. Jurassic Park. <laughs> There's what? murder in that, kind of, from, you know, from 
animals to with T-Rexes. So why yeah. did you, okay, well, you said you said before it started recording. You were you were you were pleasantly surprised, or you were surprised at how much you enjoyed it. So why 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 did you say that? Were you did you pick a film you thought would be bad on purpose, or maybe is your memory a little bit hazy? Or Helen, I pick I pick a lot of things in my life that I think would be bad on purpose just to see what happens because that's the sort of person I am. Um, you like to watch the world burn. <laughs> I think I picked, I think I picked I think I picked Ghost actually because it's 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 on that list, and I've got a long list of movies that. I need to see, and I and, and it's never expanding list for me. Had you never seen this before? I'd not seen Ghost before. Oh wow! I don't okay. think so. I don't think this is the other thing that I was slightly worried about coming on this podcast because my memory. This is also a really bad thing as stand-up comedian. My mer- memory is absolutely awful. So trying to go back and talk explicitly and in detail about movies that I'd seen, even if it was two days ago, I thought would be a struggle for me. Um, so I'm just putting that out there now in case at some point I completely forget what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good, and I thought it was a very it it, it merged a lot of different themes. And maybe we'll come on to this later because I did a bit of research into the director and and the screenwriter and stuff. But um, it is it's weirdly, I think, I know we joked about it a minute ago. One of those movies that that actually isn't quite in in any genre. It is a drama, but it's also got comedy elements, and it's a rom com in a way. So, and I don't actually think many movies, apart from Jurassic Park, obviously, um, actually tick all those boxes. It's interesting you're saying about the director, because the director's Jerry Zucker, who yeah. did like Airplane and yes. Top Secret. So like out and out hit comedies yeah, and then did a quite a weird film, like quite weird for him, I think, like as a movie, like it's quite a direction change um, for Would him. Would you like a, to hear a, a quote? From the screenwriter. Screen I'd love to hear a quote from the screenwriter. I never do this much research for our podcast. This is, this is unheard of for me. <laughs> no, screenwriter. It's called um, a guy called Bruce, Bruce. That's not a name. I mean, it might be a name in America. But anyway, Bruce Joel Rubin. And he said, mm. when I was told the guy who made Airplane was going to direct Ghost, I cried. So I, don't, <laughs> I don't know if he saw Ghost as being a, maybe a more serious you know, romantic movie or darker movie. But you have to say, and I'm guessing it's uh, Jerry Zucker's um, influence, the movie zips along really nicely and there Mm. is comedy elements to it as well. Obviously, Whoopi Goldberg's character brings that massively. And I think without those comedy bits in it like the the, the fart not the fart scene sorry the um the scene, <laughs> why, the scene of the lift at the, the scene of the lift where they're oh, yeah, yeah. About having a contagious i don't know why i've i've gone fart there that that already shows you the sort of element of my comedy but the bits like that i think without that ghost and those comedy elements and without whoopi goldberg's character being so good ghost would have been an incredibly dark movie and well, probably that's... not that good I just, I just when when I watched this, I rewatched this for the first time. It must have been twenty years, um, even longer. And Jerry Zucker's name came up. I thought, I, I know, yeah. I know Jerry Zucker, <laughs> but this, it must be a different person. And as 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 Charles rightly points out, I was like, yeah, this is the guy from Airplane, which is just it just is at complete odds with this film. And so I did, I did check out his, his filmography as a director, and it was like Airplane, Top Secret, Ruthless People, which is also like a bit of a comedy farce. Then it was Ghost. And then there's First Night, which I don't know, and Rat Race, which is a comedy as well. So this is like a complete departure from what he normally does. But, uh, you know, I think it's great. And I don't know, in the hands of a different director, it would have been a completely different film. So it sounds like he was kind of married to it. I'd be quite interested to see how it came on his on his mm. table and he decided he wanted to do it because it doesn't, doesn't seem like say, anything he wanted to do. 
I've seen Rat Race, and it's a terrible movie. Yeah, it's one with um with uh, Rowan Atkinson having narcolepsy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> and I, th- I believe the the theme tune or the the song they've got for the, the end is um, Smash Mouth. Yeah, it is. Um, what, what is it? No, they what's fall, the other they, one? they they um, they crash a Smash Mouth um concert and and i'll tell you what that's the most ludicrous bit in the film nothing ages a film like having smash mouth (laughs) also the fact that smash mouth are clearly playing like the biggest arena in the world and you're thinking smash mouth would never play would they never fill this place (laughs) what's it jim jim why hadn't you watched why hadn't you watched ghost before then i don't no, um, I'm not a particularly organised person. There's lots of movies that I want to see that I haven't seen. I'm the sort of person that um, sits down for an hour on my phone on Twitter and then afterwards thinks, oh, I've got no time to watch movies. Um, <laughs> so I do really need to reorganise my life. I don't, I don't think Ghost was particularly a movie that I wanted to see. I think it's a movie that I thought I should see or that's one of those ones that's on lists that you should. Oh, you thought it was like a broccoli film where people said, oh, you have to, you, you know, you should watch this and it's in this list and like... Yeah. It's won awards. It's won awards. I mean, Woody Goldberg won an award for this. Did you win an Oscar for this? It also won best uh, best screenplay, I think, as well. Yeah, yeah, won two, I think. Yeah, and it got nominated for best picture. I mean, I don't know what else was around that year. I'm going to guess. Well, Waterworld, something like that. It was like 1990. Like, I don't know if I wonder if it's one of those years where a bit like in 1977 when Rocky won Best Picture, and Taxi Driver clearly should have won. Whether there was um, some other sort of films that sort of flew under the radar that were absolutely amazing. I will look out. Let's let's keep chatting. So. Helen and Giles, had you seen this before? And what were your thoughts when when Jim said, "I'm going to do Ghost"? Um, I've I've seen this loads. I've it's one of those films that um, kind of a couple of years after it came out, it's basically like this, and we've already done The Fugitive. Were two sort of films that I don't quite know how I acquired. Maybe VHS, or I think it was just around the time we got Sky TV, and they they were like the films on Sky all the time. So I've seen this film. I can't remember how many times, but I hadn't seen it in a while. And it's only recently come onto Netflix. And when I went to watch it, I remembered that as soon as it came on, I'd actually started to watch it, but didn't get around finishing it. So I half went to it and sort of went from the last moment and then actually went, no, I need to go back and watch it because I was really getting into it. And I was like, actually, I want to do it justice and go all the way back to the start. So I really... I really like this film and I was surprised actually how well it has aged. I thought it would be pretty like, Ooh, not sure about it, but it's aged really well. But like you said, it's really bizarre because it is quite funny. It's really romantic. I had a little bit of teary eye in some of the, um, the moments. But yeah. It's really dark at times as well. And it also reminds me that they, there must've been kind of a thing when there was like the nineties, the early nineties, late eighties, like Beetlejuice and other, th- well, there's a couple of other films, really into death and the afterlife, and it's a, kind of like a subgenre that was really, really done with death and people mm. dying and what might happen if you died, which we don't really have anymore. I, I don't just know before, why. But. Just for going over to yourself, Giles. So, 1990 mm. was the Academy Awards, and Whoopi was up against Annette Bening for The Grifters, which is a great film. Um, mm. Lorraine Bracco for 
Goodfellas. Oh, man. Dan Lad for Wild at Heart and Mary McDonnell for Dances with Wolves. So she she was mucking it with some some fairly heavyweights in that. And, to be fair, it's a great performance. I mean, she, yeah. She, yeah, she's worthy of it. Yeah, um, no doubt, no doubt. But it, it certainly, but the point there is certainly wasn't a fallow year in mm. terms of nominations. This is a decent year for films. Mm. So what, what what won Best Picture in 1990? Must be Dance yeah, the Wolves. Yeah, Dance of the Wolves. I think that confused Waterworld, yeah. which in hindsight, two very different movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so for me, I haven't seen Dance of the Wolves. Dance of the Wolves is one of my broccoli pictures where I think, mm. oh, it's just very long, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's about eight hours. <laughs> There's not enough wolves in it, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Not dancing here either. If you're expecting actual wolves dancing, Kobe, I'm going <laughs> to let you know now. There really are wasn't. no wolves dancing. I really wasn't. So, Giles, sorry, what are your, yeah. what are your thoughts on Ghost? Well, again, I think I hadn't seen it for a long time, and and actually, I'd totally forgotten it. Watching it, mm. rewatching it, I kind of, I think, I it's literally the pottery scene, which is again. <laughs> Uh, ironically very early on so it's going to be later yeah yeah and also i think that was ridiculed in naked one of the naked gun movies which i think is a a jerry zucker kind of production so he's sort of parodied his own work quite nicely there i thought that was (laughs) there's a brilliant scene i think leslie nielsen's doing the with victoria presley and then there's like eight or nine hands (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> going around the thing um but yeah and those that, but that, those scenes are actually very beautiful and i like the concept of like sort of seeing your own afterlife i think that that uh, the idea of that i'd like to have seen more of that actually that kind of and actually dealing with the loss of your own life and you know sort of seeing overhearing you know conversations at the funeral and stuff like that i thought that stuff was all it was nicely done but i think actually i kind of wanted even more of that sort of stuff and i think sometimes actually the plot um, the actual sort of uh, thriller element of it, I thought sometimes got in the way of the drama of the, of the relationship and the and and that stuff, which I would have liked to have seen more of that kind of stuff. Wanted to really buy into find out more about her character a little bit more and mm. all that stuff. So sometimes I thought that we got a bit muddied with the, with the plot, but I mean it's it, yeah, it's an entertaining film. It's enjoyable. It, you know, it wasn't I you know I didn't hate it in any way whatsoever. I, I enjoyed watching it. But yeah, no, I'm I, I, endorsement. I, I know <laughs> they can stick that on the poster. Um, but no, I thought, I thought there was, there's so many nice elements to it though. And the romance and stuff I think is, is, is nicely done and the performances are good. And yeah, and we obviously we've alluded to already Whoopi Goldberg really does steal the show and she's, she's, a, she's a powerhouse in that movie. Can, can I on the, um, sorry, on the pottery scene, I have, I have thoughts. Sure. Mm. Oh, so this had you had you been aware of this pottery scene before you yeah. seen this film? So I think, and I think possibly maybe why 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 I was put off maybe from watching it because I think if you only knew ghosts in the pottery scene, you'd assume it was just a, a mushy rom com, and mm. that, it's way more than that. And Helen's right; like it came on really early in the movie. I had it in my head that the pottery scene was her doing pottery, making out with him as a ghost. For some reason, <laughs> me too. Yes, now is that because that, that would be in, weird? Well, I remembered it. So I thought weird. it was going to be. It was going to flash. It was going to suddenly they were going to cut, and it was Whoopi Goldberg behind her doing yeah, all the I stuff, something like that. Or that then it happened. It happened early. I thought, oh, it's going to happen again later on, and we're going to have to get it again as as a ghost. And now he can feel people. It's um, all going to make sense. I had exactly the same, Jim. Exactly the same. So I was seen a bit it. disappointed. I'd forgotten it wrong. The forgot the thing about the pottery scene that makes me most 
angry and anxious is that I'm a bit of a clean freak. And when I saw their hands getting all yeah. covered in pottery <laughs> yeah. stuff, yeah. I, I actually, I couldn't deal with it. And I just wanted them to really wash their hands. Like as soon yeah, as so you want to see, because they did really wash their hands. Cause I was like, eh, that, that's going to be gross. Cause I knew where yeah. it was going and but, I hadn't seen it for 20 years, but they, but they I did do. look at the hands and they were clean. So there was a scene in Cut. the ed- in the long edit in the director's cut where yes. they do wash their hand 20 yeah. seconds at least but i had to yeah, go back they I, thought the same thing. I had to go yeah. back and they cut to her holding him and she's got clean yeah. hands and i was mm. like it didn't you're mm. right something's been cut it didn't make sense at all that really really unsettled me that and the dirty hands <laughs> that deleted scene <laughs> is somewhere jim that of them washing their hands <laughs> washing their hands, stopping all the love stuff and just like sorry guys we need to just get our hands nice safety first and then carrying on with the love making but um yeah, so, so that 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 upset me. Uh, <laughs> upset, I, I, quite a strong strong feeling for it. It's kind of like sex scenes in films go. I mean, it's sort of a sex scene. Generally, just, they're not just very. Just on this, Helen, because you you know how to Potter, so you've got some insight on this. So, uh, I mean. Go. Behavior like this was not allowed in the pottery class that I went on. Um, <laughs> It's really hard, actually, to use a wheel. And she actually took pottery classes um, before she, when she was preparing for the role so that it would be authentic. Um, but, I, I mean, it's hazardous. But as mm. <laughs> scenes like this go in films, I think it is one of the sexiest without being cheesy. And forget, like, clean hands, clay hands, because, um, you know, you don't want to get clay in, 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 in your private parts. Because when it dries as well, it'll dry and stick to all your hairs and things like that. So you don't want that. Um, but as a piece of erotica <laughs> on film, <laughs> um, I think it's pretty good. And I'd kind of forgotten that, um, you know, they their on-screen chemistry is brilliant. And apparently Demi Moore was only really cast partly because she could cry out of both eyes on Will. Um, and they, they make like a really... I genuinely believe in their in their relationship, and you know this was the nineties, pretty sexy stuff. Not none of like you know stuff we get these days. That's a so Demi Demi Moore. I think I think she's fantastic in this. By the way, I think she's absolutely brilliant. Mm. Um, and you're right. She spends I would say eighty percent of the movie crying. Like she's basically just crying on on screen for the whole thing. And my wife, who watched it with me, Miranda as well. We did a bit of research as we we're watching it. it turns out she had a one year old baby at the time so the fact that she looks like she's had zero sleep and is on the brink of crying all the time makes complete sense <laughs> because i also have an 11 month old baby so i completely understand so yeah good research for for playing that kind of role but she is i mean she's she's really 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 good in this and you're right their on-screen chemistry is really good and they neither of them kind of overacted they're just they're, they're, they're sort of understated but quite real performances i think and i guess that adds to the chemistry on on screen but um yeah i do think demi moore was brilliant and she was like she looks really young i think she's like 28 29 when they when they do this but i thought she was in her early 20s she looks she looks really young and apparently the haircut the sort of quite quite boyish haircut set a a trend after Mm. after this movie um well done to her well i want to i want to talk a bit about whoopee and and and, and your man Carl before we go into the scores. Um, so I, I can't, this is one of the films where I don't know why, but my parents went to see it and it, it was a 12 at the time. And they were like, we really like this film. You guys, and I was 10 and we really like this film, but we, we think you guys would watch it. My brother's nine at the time. And 
she just we just had the, one of the one of the few like official VHSs that wasn't recorded off the TV that we had, so we just used to absolutely rinse this. And this this rewatch for me is super enjoyable. Just and like I said, I'm watching for twenty years, but all these all these memories coming back and you know being at home watching my parents, watching my kids, uh, watching my brothers. Um, but I did I do remember a lot of the things that happened, even the incidental stuff, and even like the bank number when he said it's like, oh yeah, that's the bank account number that wow. <laughs> for for the thing. I didn't know what it meant at the time, but ten years old, I didn't know what this was but i just watched it so many times but for me it was it was all about Whoopi goldberg in this mm. and also carl being one of the most hissable villains in cinema history which is which is also fantastic but Whoopi for me was like brilliant and I, watching it as an adult now she's just absolutely fantastic absolutely fan, from, from start to finish and some of the things we used to laugh at the way she did uh, when she she's playing around she can't see him um, we used to laugh at that as a kid, but that must be such a really hard thing to do as an actor and do that convincingly to have someone in the same room and you, you know you can look at them, but pretend that you can't see them. And that's, you know, that's great. Even that's this little subtle, subtle thing. She's, she's great in it. And Swayze wanted her. So he, he only signed on after um, he got her. And I think it's just more, the comedic timing is, is so good. Like, I really the thing that I remember, I remember the most is where she's got the check at the end and she's trying and she won't let go of it with the nuns. And that whole scene where she's in the bank and she's not signing her right name. It's, it's so funny. And it, it's such a perfect, and I absolutely love all of her outfits in this one. Well. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, the, the bits where she's being possessed by other people in her body yeah. early on in her shop and then sort of Patrick Swayze, that must be incredible. I mean, I'm a very, 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 very poor actor who sometimes gets put up for advert castings and flunks all of them. Um, and those are not difficult castings. This must be an incredibly, incredibly difficult role to do. And she's brilliant. And it's the sort of role that if it had been cast wrong, I think it would have ruined the whole movie. And absolutely. they got it absolutely right with her. I mean, I mean, she's just absolutely fantastic. So it could have fallen apart in so many different ways with Jerry Zucker. How, I don't know how he directed her. Maybe she just went, I'm, yeah, I'm going to do it, mate. Don't worry about it. I, 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 to be fair, though, the, the films like Top Secret and Airplane must be super difficult to direct because you know you have exactly you know exactly what you're going for and it has to be played deadpan or slapstick and they must be able to oscillate between the two. Well, I think on a, on a, yeah, sorry, Kobe. I was going to say, I think Airplane was a homage to a to a disaster movie, wasn't it? I yeah. think, and they did play it. I think they almost like they they sort of paralleled the script a little bit, so it was played, you know, very straight, you know, and that's why they got the kind of actors they got in. I think for that, yeah, for I can't remember the name of the film, but there's you can go on YouTube and put mm. to Airplane versus, and it plays this this film side by side yeah, with Airplane. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, Karen. No, no, that's going to say, and I think that's, you know, like you say, you're on very strict kind of guidelines with that very much. So, and I think, and actually, I think he had a bit more, free, a bit more freedom of ghost. It felt like they were, then they were trying, it looked like he was trying different things as well. You know, there's mm. obviously the bits where the, 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 the sort of, um, I guess the, the not demons, but the, the sort of dark Shadow angels, things. the sort of shadows, like yeah. coming and taking away the souls to hell. You know, there was, you know, that was quite, you know, that was quite risky doing something like that. Um, and I think, you know, those sort of moments, he did sort of pull them off, I think. What do you reckon? I, I thought one thing was really well done in this was when particularly Patrick Swayze um, died and also the Willie Lopez died. When mm. when Patrick Swayze dies and he, you see a gunshot and then you see him running after yeah. him. Well, I mean, Jim, for the first time for yourself, what do you think had happened at that point? Well, because you you, you know he's going to die. So you think, oh, he must be dead. And then you see him running off after the mugger and you think, oh, this isn't this isn't the bit where he dies, and he is. I mm. thought that was done really, really well. That that's that's beautifully done. 
Um, just on the demons, because um, I, I obviously I know this movie was made in, I guess, <laughs> 1989. I'm guessing cause it was out in 1990. I mean, the CGI is yeah, really, well, yeah. really, it dates it so much, especially those demons. They look like the sort of things I'd like you to draw in my school book during chemistry when I was really <laughs> bored. And but the sound, it's, though. The sound, the sound is well, horrifying. It, really scary. Just out of me as a kid yeah. when I watched it the first time. I think it's still, I still scared. I mean, I'm easily scared now anyway, but I think it's still scary. So um, even though you know the graphics are rubbish and you know this is a 30-year-old movie, <laughs> if you go with it, then it still has yeah. the effects, I think, that you want. It's the same when when he's he's in scenes with himself, Patrick Swayze, and you can see one of them's clearly on blue screen or green screen or something. And yeah. then, and, he's, and it's like back to the future, his hands going through stuff. Like, But if you go with it, I think it, uh, the movie is so good that you can still buy it, even though the CGI graphics are like my old sort of MS-DOS. Yeah, I think I think knowing that it was, you know, you know that, that long ago and then and realising that y- y- the special effects weren't going to be top top notch. You know, we're used to such great things now with CGI. Mm. So I think, yeah, like you say, it was more the concepts I thought were interesting. Those, you know, those kind of concepts, I think were the thing that, that so many movies now, so many movies now rely on CGI. So many movies wouldn't be good now if the CGI wasn't so good, but this movie has all the other elements to it. So it doesn't matter. Although I guess at the time they probably thought it was, it was groundbreaking. Um, Carl, the Hispo villain. I, Uh, this is the thing you have to have to have a, you know, worthy protagonist. You have to have a great antagonist. And I think he was just, Proper bastard. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> First of all, he's a banker. So, I mean, that's one good thing about this <laughs> yeah. was like, give us. With a drug problem. Yeah, yeah. well, Patrick's ways made us like uh, empathize for, for bankers. Maybe <laughs> had to die for that to happen, which is a bit harsh. But but Carl was like, you just hated him from the start. Mm. Yeah, well, likewise, even the bit in the. It's just supposed to be light-hearted in the lift, and obviously you mm. mentioned it earlier, Jim. Like it's been, you know, that sort of slightly comedic bit. But actually, I thought oh, he seems like a bit of a snide bastard. I don't know. There's something about him. I think he's he's up to no good, you know, because I've kind of kind of forgotten the plot, some of the plot anyway. And uh, and yeah, my obviously my my instincts were correct about him. He um <laughs> he apparently he nearly didn't get cast. He only got cast because his wife was working on the production team or something at the time, and she was like, "Badger your agent to get like a casting for this." And they liked him. They thought he was talented, but they thought he was too nice. The actor they right. he wouldn't be able to play a bastard, as as Giles says, and he does it really well. Um, I really liked the bit when Sam is discovers the money in the account, too much money, and mm. he sends it to Carl. And you can see the look in Carl's face when he realizes, "Oh shit!" And that's when you you realize, oh, "Okay, right." So it's it's him that's that's obviously uh, doing the the money and stuff. I thought that was a mm. really nice look and a really nice scene. Um, well, I like the bit yeah. where he, where he said, uh, "So what are you guys doing tonight? We should hang out." And he's, oh, "I'm going to take Molly to the um, to the to Macbeth." Yeah. And you can just see, oh, "Okay, perfect." We're gonna we're gonna Bruce Wayne your ass. Exactly. <laughs> I like the bit where he's um basically being terrorized by the ghost and he's just kind of like having a massive sweat panic when he realizes that the four million's gone and yeah. Patrick Swayze can like duff him off as a ghost. It's like yeah. revenge. Yeah, well I do think that was that's an amazing scene. I do think that as I said earlier, Patrick Swayze's character is dr- almost driven by revenge too much. Like he, I think he actually does put Molly in more danger by being so desperate to screw up Sam's money things. With the, there's a bit. No, sorry, not Sam. I'm um, Carl. There's a bit where Carl answers the phone right before the deadline for the four million to go, and he says the drug baron's name. He says the mafia guy's yeah. name. You notice that? What a what? what 
What a giveaway! Don't say the don't say his name. That's so obvious. But yeah, I think he uh, yeah thought he was fantastic. So well done to him. Well, I watched um, the Last Samurai recently, and the same actor, can't remember his name, um, played. From Ghost. Yeah, the guy Cole from Ghost. I think it's called Tom something. Tom Gold. I'm not going to say it because I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, he he plays a really snidey character in that as well. And I think he's got he's got a bit of a form, bit of form. So I think he he got a bit of a taste for playing those types of characters with Ghost. So no more Mister Nice Guy, Jim. I think he's he's he taking. Yeah, he, he likes he likes he likes the nasty characters for sure. <laughs> uh, on that, guys, let's head to the scores. Hello, I'm Sam Pay. And I'm Martin Zolt-Sorstwick. And we are the two hosts of a podcast called Song, Song by, by Song, where we listen every week to a track by the musical artist Tom Waits. Uh, you might know him for his gravelly voice. <coughs> Very nice. His appearance in films, but also his multi-decade spanning career uh, involving blues, jazz, and all sorts of other kinds of experimental music. So we're basically like a book club for Tom Waits. And if that sounds like your cup of tea, you can find us at songbysongpodcast.com or wherever you get podcasts. So welcome to the Spreadsheet of Dreams. All of our Flix Watcher scores are out of five. You may have decimal places if you wish. And we will start with you, please, Jim, with your recommendability. As I said earlier, I may have been a bit generous with these scores because... Right, we, they're not official until they come out of your mouth, so you can recalibrate if you wish. Oh, no. It, Think about it. Once it's written down, we've Cody, said. <laughs> once it's written on my, on my notes, I have to say it. Um, I, I, I'm looking at my score here, and I think I'm, I think I'm going to go with it. I, I, unsurprisingly, now I'm sure you've guessed, I put five. <laughs> recommendability and i don't know if uh on your previous podcast five is like a common score or ridiculously high scored um but i put five for recommendability if so if someone said to me would you recommend ghost to another person i would and to me that's yeah. five giles i'm not quite as generous as jim um i've given it a banner just a slightly above average three Oh, okay. By the way, you can have decimal places here. So if you like a three point one, a three point three, a three point five. Can I change my score to five point five? No, because it's out five is maximum. Oh, okay. All right. Just... <laughs> <Are you> trying... <laughs> um, no, I'm going to stick with three. Is that a bit harsh? Am I being harsh? Because I've, no, I, I, I don't your feel... scores. It's whatever you. Yeah, I, I don't feel. feel. No, I feel it feels. I, I feel like three is a good is 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 where I am at with it. You see. When I was watching it, when I finished, I thought, this is a three. <laughs> <laughs> Helen. So I've been thinking about this. And I, I wanted to also say that, um, Kobe, it was the most rented VHS of 1991. So you were part of that stat re-watching your... No, we, didn't, we, didn't, we didn't rent it. My parents bought it. From, oh, you know, bought it. Yeah, you bought yeah. it on VHS. Well, you invested. Yeah, that's what wow, I mean. That's what, it's one of our few VHSs that we had. That and the Lion King and Little Mermaid. Oh my god, I watched Little Mermaid this afternoon. Great. There you go. I need to watch. I need to rewatch that because we've got Disney Plus and things like that are just exactly what we need to watch. Mm. Uh, So, Helen, sorry. Ghost. Um, I really enjoyed watching this um, as much as I did when I used to watch it all those times back in the ninety and. 
the CGI is probably a little bit sketchy these days. And it is really bizarre to have a romantic film intertwined with like a thriller slash um, film about death with a ghost and all of that comedy. But it sort of all works. And I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I was going to. And I think like you, if anyone said, should I, should, I've never seen Ghost, should I watch it? I'm like, yes, definitely you should. And yeah, I'm going to go five. There's no one that I wouldn't recommend it to. Yes. I'm going to go for five as well, which is rare, which is rare for me, at least in the, in the past couple of years. Um, I'm so invested in this. I don't know why I'm so invested, but I'm very people pleased. Do. People, people do. People get defensive when the when the when the co-guest scores something lower. Yeah. <laughs> Ruined friendship. When the co-guest says, uh, "Banag was free." <laughs> I knew it was a three. Um, I knew it was a three before it even started. <laughs> I just, I just, I was, I was, I hadn't seen it for twenty years, and I hadn't, I don't know why. Maybe because uh, you know I moved away from VHS. It's a three, Kobe. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a VHS anymore, and um, I didn't know it's on Netflix. But even if I had known, would I have watched it again? Probably not. But when you did select, it was like, yeah, yeah, it's about time I watched it again. And you know, from, from the very start to the end, you know, loved it. Uh, CGI and effects in some places looked really ropey. Some places were more than passable. So to be honest, I, I thought that at the time, even you know, ten years old, I was like, that looks shit. Um, but so that's not there's no change i just i just really enjoyed it and um yeah thank you very much for bringing it to us uh repeat viewing score jim this is your first time do you think you will repeat view this i'm 100 percent sure i will repeat view it well that does mathematically it doesn't add up to the score i've given it actually which is a four <laughs> should have been a five um well, I think, yeah sure Go so I, yeah i i would i would definitely watch it again at some point um yeah and i'm just about to say then and i'm i'll make sure my daughter watches it um but by the time she's old enough to watch it, oh no, she'll be, maybe a couple of years' times. So maybe she'll be, it'll it's be thirty-four years. It timeless. is timeless, yeah. But it'll be thirty-four years old. But um, no, I think it's yeah. I'll definitely watch it again at some point. Although, as I said earlier, I'm incredibly disorganised, so maybe I won't. Giles, well, I would watch it again, and I'm slowly sort of ed- trying to educate my kids with films, and we're we're slowly going through. We're going. Through, going through the eighties at the moment, we've done Karate Kid recently and Ooh. Short Circuit, and I've seen. Sorry, they're thirteen and eleven. Okay, so they're probably still a little bit young for Ghost, mm. but I wouldn't, I wouldn't probably wouldn't hesitate in letting them watch it when they're a bit older. Well, so, I'd say my parents, my parents let me watch it when I was ten, or they, but they did also let me watch uh, Robocop when I was seven, but that was after pestering. <laughs> oh um, man, Robocop's pretty. It's got some. I mean, the the death at the beginning is. <laughs> well, it's, it's good that you've um turned out so nicely <laughs> now how can how can you gauge that through a tv screen um but yeah sorry no no so say so, so actually i would give it um i'll give it a four okay helen yeah i'm, I'm also gonna go with a four um i've really enjoyed watching it and as i said i've seen it loads too many times to remember and uh if someone said to me this week, oh, I'm going to watch Ghost. Do you want to watch it? I'd probably be like, yeah, I think I do. <laughs> hey, I'm going to go for um, 4.5 here. I think my, my wife, we've got a young son as well, uh, well young baby as well, uh, Jim, who's uh, just just under five months now. Um, so wow. I've been watching this in like fits and starts whenever I can grab like 20 minutes, half an hour. Yeah. Um, and I think my wife was a bit gutted she couldn't watch it with me. So I'd happily, you know, if she wants to watch this weekend, I would do. And there's no reason why, because it's on something like Netflix, I think I will be happy to watch it at any time 
you know, the, the well, any time it's on, because I'm sure at some point it'll be taken off the catalogue, but it'll come back on again. Um, but yeah, I, I, I can't see myself not watching this often for a long time. Well, it's it's an easy watch. It's an easy watch, isn't it? Like it it's is. an easy watch, and yet it's quite weighty at the same time. So it's yeah. not one of these movies you have to sit down for three hours and like really invest in it and listen to everything. You can sort of dip in and out but, and get the gist of it, but at the same time, um, there's a lot of, sort of weight to it. So I think it sort of ticks a lot of boxes. Uh, small screen score, Jim. Yeah. Uh, again, I think I may have gone a bit too hard on this score. I put five. <laughs> And as we were talking, I'm thinking, well, maybe I've gone a bit too high there. The only reason I put five is that I think on a small screen, like a laptop or a phone, the CGI might look a bit better because it might not look as exposed as on the big screen. But then I didn't watch it on the big screen. So I don't know. That might be completely false. So I've put five. But, um, yeah, I don't know if I've been right there or not. Giles? Yeah, I think – I mean, I think there are some – some cinematic moments in it for sure. Um, there's some interesting camera work and stuff. I think it would it would look good on a on a on a cinema screen for sure. I mean, and I yeah, I mean, I think, but it doesn't. It, at the same time, it doesn't. I think it doesn't um, translate badly onto a small screen. So, yeah, I'm going to go with a four. Helen. So. As it was the most rented VHS and beloved VHS of you, Kobe, and I've only ever seen it on a TV size screen, um, I'm going to give it a five as well. I don't know what I'd get from watching it on a big screen. Um, Would you Prince Charles this, you reckon? If you're walking past and you had two hours? Maybe I would, but then I, I was just thinking, actually, we've not actually mentioned the fact that, obviously, um, Patrick Swayze is no longer with us. And... Hmm. Um, you know, in his sort of time that he, you know, put out a very mixed bag of films, I think it's fair to say. Um, I was never into Dirty Dancing as a kid, and so I, I, Ghost is probably my main Patrick Swayze association, not Roadhouse, um, which we've, we had, we've had a run recently. Um, Swayze fans, you can listen to Roadhouse. Check, check in our back catalogue, we've done Roadhouse. I'll just say really quickly, <laughs> with the, the, I think... And maybe this possibly swayed me on this one. The role that I associate Patrick Swayze most with is um, in Donnie Darko. Donnie Darko, I was really going to say weird. that as well. Um, where he's, where he's a sleazy teacher, guys. Yeah, for some reason, that, that's that's my association with him. Well, that's my favourite performance of as of his. Um, but prior to that, um, Ghost was all I, I really knew of him. So, yeah, I've only ever really seen it on a TV and I've always really enjoyed it. So maybe... Maybe a double bill with Donnie Darko at the Prince Charles would tempt me in. <laughs> yeah, I, I go double bill. Yeah. Um, so, what's your small screen? You said five. Oh, I'm okay. Go for, yeah. okay, let's go for five. I've only ever seen it on small screen back back in the day when it's all cathode ray tubes from the 14 inch ones that you have in your tea, in your bedroom through to the 20 inch ones that were big enough for um <laughs> for, uh, for for the lounge. Yeah, I I don't think I'd get. I don't think I'd Prince Charles this. Um, but, and as as uh, you're saying, the special effects would look bad when blown up, especially by today's parlance. So yeah. I don't see any benefit of watching on a bigger screen. And I don't think the soundtrack was pumping enough to engage you in the, in the theatre anymore. So, yeah, five. Uh, engagement score, Jim. Engagement score. Just on the soundtrack, you mentioned earlier about um, Righteous Brothers. Apparently mm. this, this boosted the Righteous Brothers' popularity and that song in particular. I think it went back to number one and it was more successful than when the song was originally 
released or something. It really like was big. They d- almost did better out of it than anyone. Um, although I hate that song, so um, I'm, <laughs> that means nothing to me. Um, engagement score is yeah. I've given this a four. Um, although that doesn't really tally up with the rest of my scores, it probably should be a five. But I'm going to go with a four. No, you, you do you, man. I'll do me. I mean, only because I'm I'm. I'm badly engaged at everything I watch, so I'll spend half a movie on my phone anyway, which I probably did with this anyway. But I don't know. Yeah, I think I think I'm going to go four. Giles. Yeah, I mean, I guess with going back to my recommendability score as well, I think it'd be a three again. Um... (laughs) 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 You don't have to if you don't really want to explain that in any in any more depth. That's absolutely fine, Helen. Yeah, I'm going to have four as well. Um, it's two hours, seven minutes, which on paper seems quite long, but I think it just just about holds your attention for about yeah. that long. And obviously, because I've seen it so many times, um, I, I you know obviously knew the plot, and it's it's not exactly a, a brain teaser. So I think it's it's kind of one of those ones that if you've seen it a couple of times, you can kind of have it on in the background and still enjoy it as equally. Um, so yeah, four, please. Getting a four point five here. Um, yes, I just I, I, I think that's mainly for this rewatch. After not after, after not seeing it for twenty years, I think subsequent rewatches will be less engagement because I think it's something you can yeah. enjoy in the background. And when Whoopi Goldberg comes on the screen, or there's a key plot point thing, you you pay attention. But otherwise, there's stuff that goes on in the background. Um, but yes, that gives us an overall score of four point three one two five zero, which is which that's is pretty, pretty good. Deep. That's pretty, pretty good score. Deep. Even with my, with me scoring it down. Dragging it down. (laughs) (laughs) And that's not really dragging it down. So um, we do go to, let's go to Twitter, guys. And and just to remind everyone who's listening, we are uh, at FlixWatcherPod. And before we record, we do do a shout out and say, as in this case, we're reviewing Ghost with Jim Daly at Jim Daly Comedy and at Ellis Tender. 10 from blank pod have you seen it tell us your thoughts and the score out of five stars and we'll give you a little shout out we had a couple of responses for this so jim you go first okay so uh there's a reply here from chris olden at chris olden Whoopi goldberg shines in this agreed chris i think we all agree on that swayze's charisma carries the movie alone a feel-good classic five stars it's almost like chris has been listening to our episode <laughs> and giles do you want to say the next one yeah we've got um at film tip and uh that film tip says Patrick Swayze uses Whoopi Goldberg as an elaborate erotic toy in convoluted necrophiliac sex game with wife romantic drama. Um, that's one way of describing it. Um, certainly captured the vibe of the times and a darn sight more imaginative than shiny, sad vampires. Yeah, I guess that's pretty it fair. Twilight there, it seems. Um, I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, guys, thank you so much for that. Uh, can you let people know where they can find you and where they can find your podcast? And we'll say goodbye to everyone who's who's with us now. Brilliant. Well, thanks for having me on. This has been fantastic. And thanks for forcing me to watch Ghost because it was an incredibly enjoyable experience. Technically, you forced yourself to watch Ghost. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, well, you can find me at Jim Daily Comedy on uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube tiktok i think pretty much everywhere um and then giles and i do a podcast together uh the blank podcast and we are at blank pod on uh all platforms as well and Acast, i think is best place to find us to listen yeah yeah and you can find me on eli's tender on all all social media places thanks so much for coming on thank you thank you
Enjoyed this episode of Flixwatcher Podcast? Why not leave us a five-star review on iTunes? You can also follow us at FlixWatcherPod on Twitter and we're at FlixWatcher on Instagram. Thanks as always to the mighty people for their mighty, mighty tunes and Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. If you're looking to get your podcast edited as sweet as this, get in touch with Ben and that's Rockwood, R-O-K-K Wood Audio. Tell them Flixwatcher sent you. just heard a stripped media production.